Anthropology of Girlhood, a girlhood podcast about cryptozoology. I'm Alexa Ray Hack. I'm a comedian and storyteller, and I use she, they pronouns. My name is Micah Silver, and I am an elementary educator, and I use they, he pronouns. Today we are talking about 1989's The Little Mermaid, the sort of beginning of the of the grand 90s Disney renaissance. You pretentious asshole. <laughs> if you've been living under a rock and haven't seen this movie. Like the crustaceans in this movie. <laughs> it's all about a little mermaid. Surprise, surprise. Who wants to become human and because she falls in love with the prince and she is 16 and reckless. Don't leave your family for romantic relationships. It's not worth it. You can follow us on Twitter at Anthro267. Please leave a review on, and rate us on Apple Podcasts. It helps tremendously. And as always, thank you. Andy. I appreciate how social my cat is. He just needs to be where the people are. Yeah. He wants, wants to, to be, be where, where the people, people are. are. I, I heard it as soon as I said it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think... This was not my first Disney movie as a kid, but this was my first Disney princess movie. Yes. Because the other ones that came out when I was very young, Aladdin and Lion Lion King. King. And Mulan for me. Oh, yeah. Which, like, Mulan doesn't, like, Mulan is a Disney princess, but, like, it isn't in the formula, so it doesn't really count. Yeah, Mulan and Little Mermaid were really big for me. I did have a Jasmine costume growing up. It was great. It was flowy as fuck, and I would still wear it today. That's amazing. But, yeah, I also grew up as a fish and loved spending time in water all the time. For You know, we talk a lot about what our weird childhoods were like. A lot of this podcast. And for a second, I really, truly thought of like a Ponyo situation where you were a tadpole. I wish. (laughs) And then you grew arms and legs. And walked out on the on the shore. I mean, isn't that not what happened? I feel like that's what happened. I, some magical witch cursed me, and now I am stuck in this body. But no, I wanted to be a mermaid so bad. I still want to be a mermaid real bad. <laughs> Do you blame this movie, or uh, was this this movie started the hyperfixation on mermaids? Because sure. like I did do like I I love the mermaidology book. I, yeah. Oh my god! Fucking tell me you're neurodivergent. I love those books. They're so good. I never I, I, I never sh- got them myself. I always had to go to my friends' ones. I'm sure you are not alone in that. Like oh, I'm no. pretty sure like our whole generation had you know were were mermaid girls as a result oh absolutely and i mean it helps that like this is like a really lovely like caribbean-esque seascape right with like coral reefs and like yeah cool rock formations that is like fun to swim around because like i don't know if i don't want to be a mermaid in the pacific northwest that sounds i mean you do have giant kelp forests right and but like yeah orcas yeah this is my problem see like okay so i'm afraid of the ocean right? right i'm writing a bit about it of course you are yeah, well, you know, when something really, like, freaks me out, I have to make a joke about it to take its power away. So, like, 
you know, but it's not just like it's not water. I'm not afraid right. of water. I can swim. It's that I'm afraid of like open ocean, like you know, you nothing, mean where you, nothingness, where you just sit in the middle of the ocean and all you can see is water. Yeah, yeah, that. that's a, that's that's a weird feeling. Man. It's bad. It's making me feel bad right now. But this movie does not give me any of those feelings. Right? No, there's, there's stuff anchoring you in the space all the time, so it never has that like. Empty feeling, the dark abyss the dark of the abyss ocean. Feeling that blah, that freaks people like me out. There's a couple shots near the end where Eric's getting thrown overboard and like Ursula, which yeah. is like on purpose. Some I'm of sure that stuff I had to like. <sighs> oh boy, um, but yeah, I like. I have a question about how mermaids work. <laughs> Cause like, is it are they fish or are they mammals? It's how do their eyes work? Do they have weird fish eyes or oh. do they have human eyes? Cause like, I bet they have fish eyes. If they have like, cause like, what about if the water's murky? What if it's like bad visibility? Can you still? Yeah, they must have fish eyes. Around? But then that would presume that on land their vision's probably trash. Right? Do they? Right? Can they see above water? Probably. Or not. are they just blind? I think they're. I mean, I think they're probably pretty blind. Right. I think it's probably just like really fuzzy and out of focus because the refraction of light is different in water than it right. is in air. Exactly. Or do they have like little bubble glasses? Oh, cute. Like in Aquaman, how the like henchmen, they like wear water suits. I just watched Aquaman. Of course recently. you did. Unrelatedly, a, di- a movie where another like sort of merm folk movie, right? right? Sort of that movie full of open ocean shots. Watched two thirds of it through my fingers like a baby. Because <laughs> I wa- I had seen it once before, and I was like, I remember this movie being good. Why have I not watched it again? And then five minutes in, I was like, This is why. Oh no. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't turn it off, but it is a good movie. It's a decent movie. I persisted movie. through my ocean fear twice to watch it, so it must be good. Right? Um, yeah, I I wanted to be a mermaid so bad. Yeah. Because, like, again, well, it's, like, you it's, grew up, like... I grew up swimming. Yeah. I grew up at, in Lake Superior. And going to Lake Superior, Which is, like, yeah. such a cool place to and snorkel through. basically an ocean. It's basically, basically an ocean. An inland freshwater right. ocean. Right. Like, I had, like... The fear of open water was like definitely something that like yeah I you superior could give you yeah sure. like and but also superior is like crystal clear and you would be like I want to swim around here all the time like I used yeah. to snorkel in Lake Superior because like it's got cool rocks totally and it's got cool fish and I used to follow oh, minnows around sturgeon for... up there though oh yeah there are Ooh, talk those about things are monsters those are dinosaurs yeah. Fun fact, fun little story about giant sturgeon. There is a fish hatchery in Oregon outside of Portland. I believe I dragged you to this when we were in the area. That sounds right. And they have a giant sturgeon that is like six feet long. Yeah, I remember. I mean, I grew up, you know, in like northern Wisconsin. Right. And I... They get big. My like country friends used to like go up north and go sturgeon fishing all the time. And yeah, they routinely get like... Four, five, six, seven, eight feet long. Like they're, they're huge. huge, and they just swim in the water. Yeah, just they're just around in the fresh water, basically the size of small sharks. Just hanging out, just chilling. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, not to mention channel cats. Like everybody. Oh yeah. Everybody's like, oh, catfish, blah, 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 little trash fish. But like people don't appreciate that. Like they get big. catfish live forever, and they get enormous. Yeah, they do. When I was a kid, I have a story about this. But like when I was a kid, we caught a channel cat that I swear to you was. Three and a half feet long. Yikes. It was huge. See, that's what this... I could barely hold it. This movie does a disservice for how terrifying the ocean actually is. fish are terrifying. Fish are terrifying, and everything has teeth. Because, like, muskies exist also in freshwater. Yeah, they have so many teeth. They have so many teeth. I used to routinely swim in a lake that had muskies voluntarily Uh for some fucking reason in open water. Because I'm a fucking, I just, I love water so much. Yeah, is, but like mostly, mostly those fish, like they're big. But they'll but leave you alone. too small. Right. They're, they understand proportion. Like we're too big to be a meal. But sharks. But sharks. They think we're <laughs> seals. Sharks don't eat people. They mistake us for seals. We do not hate sharks for biting humans. They are just being... No, no. That's true. We we went to their house. Yep. And they were like, I mean, you are food-shaped, so... Oh, you are food. <laughs> Which, like, fair. If something was food-shaped in my house, I would also eat it. <laughs> like... Man, if somebody put cheese powder on those packing peanuts, I would accidentally house a whole bag of them. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay, but I'm low-key. So I love the castle, King Triton's castle. Mm-hmm. I think it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. I'm low-key mad that Disney has not built it. Yeah, right? They do have Prince Eric's castle in the Magic Kingdom. Yeah, but they don't have Trains Castle. It does feel like and it's a shame. There could be a whole like water park. There could be. Why isn't like, there? That was like, you know, like Triton's Kingdom. And, you know, it had like Little Mermaid stuff. And I guess instead they're just doing Avatar things, right? Isn't that theirs? I got really excited because I f- forgot that the blue people one exists. Oh my God. <laughs> This happened to me. I was like, I ran home to Grayson the other day and I was like, oh, did you hear that they're making a new Avatar sequel? And they were like, oh, I didn't really care for that. I'm not really. I heard the sequel was bad. And I was like, what? How do you not like Avatar? We've watched it so many times. And they were like, what are you talking about? And I was like, oh, I mean, I mean, last Airbender. Airbender. You mean the blue people. I meant the blue people. We had like a full five minute, like who's on first (laughs) about it. The one thing about coming back to this movie that I was not expecting is now that I'm older, I really relate to Sebastian. (laughs) I understand why he's so frustrated all the time and how I also would be all constantly rolling my eyes at the antics of a 16 year old not listening to her father. Yeah. This is like real Disney princess syndrome. The like, I'm 16. You can't tell me what to do anymore. And it's like, no, no, you are 16. 16. That's why you still need me to tell you what to do. Sometimes. Don't get me wrong. The parenting in this is awful. And it's so really overbearing. Like it's classic authoritarian parenting. Right. Right. Yeah. Getting that. I'm bad at the these things i'm not the i'm not the expert no it's very (laughs) no it's very author uh it's very it's very like 
it's oh my god it's so boomer uh, yeah like it's very heavy-handed it's, it's very, very heavy controlling because like you know what's gonna make your kid trust you and want you to listen to them and like make it feel like you're a safe space to come to when they're having trouble destroying their safe space and everything they hold dear yeah and then you know like cutting them off from everything that they love, they love and, and connect with. with yeah that's gonna go well for you yeah. Also, screaming at your child definitely works. Oh, super. And my favorite. It definitely doesn't just uh, make your kids run away from you and never want to have a relationship again. Um, oh, I just don't understand why my kids don't talk to me anymore. Well, did you blow up everything she cared about and tell her to become an entirely different person? Oh, my God. I'm just yelling at my parents again. You are. But he says one this of my. This happens on this podcast. It does. Triton says one of my favorite lines that parents always say. As long as you live under my ocean, you will obey my rules. Well, that's not fair. That... I can't leave the ocean. <laughs> I, you, I can't leave. <laughs> I am trapped here. This is a prison. Then. I can't breathe water. I'm a fish. Well, which, again, are again... mermaids, <laughs> mammals, or fish? I have questions. Which way do their fins go? <laughs> Because she breathes air. She easily transitions from water to but air. Then she must have both lungs and gills like a lunged fish. She's got to, right? Like, But their tails, is... their, their tails go this up and down, not side to side. Right. They're more like... So they're like mammal tails. Because fish tails go, go this way. Fish tails... Fish. You all on the podcast can't see my very descriptive <laughs> no. hand motions. I was going to say, fish tails go ver- uh, horizontally, where right. mammal tails go up and down. Right. Because Those they're legs, but that are fused together. Yeah. I I think they're mammals. They've got to be mammals. I think they're mammals, they're but scaled. why are they scaly? Why are they like Because, like, also, remember, because, like, <laughs> manatees were mermaids. Like, that's where sure. a lot of the, like, legends you gotta start. you got to be so drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you've been at sea for a long time. I've been up close with a lot of manatees. you got to be pretty drunk. <laughs> I mean, I guess, like, dugongs are a thing, too, yeah. right? Like, they're related, and they're much, like, sleeker. Like, yeah. But, like... They're based off of mammals. Yeah. And I think the scales were just like a fantastical bit. Totally. But like, this is why I need to make friends with a cryptozoologist because I have questions. Well, like I sent you a thing about like how oarfish are probably responsible for like sea serpent tails because they will come up to the surface to eat like jellyfish and stuff sometimes. Right. That makes sense. But they're, I mean, they're just like huge giant eels basically. Yeah, I saw a picture of one, and the, and the yeah, they're like oh, I didn't know how long. ten or fifteen feet long. Look up an oarfish. Oh god, this is gonna be terrifying. Ah, yeah, right? They're so big. But that's a sea serpent. That is a sea serpent. Like obviously, that's what a sea. Like of course. Yeah, and you I would mean, think that was a sea serpent. Of course, krakens exist. Have you seen giant squid? Blah, also, I do try you, not to. Do you know how many giant squid are in the ocean? Yeah, well, I mean, sperm whales. Right. Um, there are. If you do the math, it turns out to be like millions. Yeah, but squids don't live very long. That's the thing, right? It's like there's a lot of them and they just die and reproduce really quickly. Yeah. Squids but, are like rabbits, but yeah. except they're like 
12 foot feet long. I mean, gelatinous. most most cephalopods are like rabbits that way. That's true. They don't live long. Yeah. They're yeah. really neat and they're really smart, but they don't live they're, long. Yeah. They're here for a short time, not a fun time. <laughs> a good time, time not, not a long, long time. time. We got there eventually. But yeah. I I forgot that she was 16 years old in this like explicitly says she's 16 years old yeah because like the line is I'm 16 years old I'm not a child which yes you yes, are you absolutely are <laughs> and you will continue to be one until you are about 21 but right but that said that doesn't mean you have to treat your 16 year old no. like a child no you still get autonomy and you still should be able to like like you should totally be able to go explore the ocean and follow your special interests and right you know but you also do need to show up to the concert on right. time you need to like actually follow through with your commitments yeah. like um but honestly you know like if you plan every moment of a child's life don't do that. Then, of course, they're going to skip out on stuff to have free time. Like, right. That is how children, like, learn and develop is to have, like, free, unstructured, unsupervised time. Right. And, like... So, if you don't provide for that time, like, kids are going to find it another way. Yeah, and you're not going to like what and they do. And then it's probably not going to be as healthy as... No. It could be. No, it's going it, to, they're going to keep swimming to the surface and risking their lives. Right, they're going to fall in love with a man they meet on a boat who I will admit might be the handsomest Disney prince. Is this a hot take? It's not a hot take. I, I just, he has this like, first of all, this is probably a me thing. He has like this. Like, he has a good jaw, but he has, like, a cute, round, kind yeah, of boyish no, face. Eric's cute and all. He I, almost gives, like, he almost gives a trans mask vibe to me. Yeah. Which is, I think, what I'm vibing on, yeah, frankly. Yeah, I can see that. I like Eric. I think Philip is my favorite from uh, Sleeping Beauty. Oh, yeah. He's, like, too pointy for me. See, I like his personality better. Eric's oh. just too milk toast for me. Yeah, no, I I guess I wasn't thinking about it that way. He is handsome. I <laughs> He's boring for He's sure. He's boring. I don't know what this says about me and I don't really want to examine it, so it's probably going to get cut out on the podcast, but I like Beast the most. And I think he's <laughs> Uh, God damn. <laughs> How did I see that coming? Although human beast is hot as fuck. Especially if you like color because like, human beast is got black features. Right. And if you color him as so and like actually animate him as a black man, he is hot as fuck. Yeah. Which like also speak. Um, Disney and ABC just did a live action Beauty and the Beast stage production thing mm -hmm. that they do with a bunch of musicals because yeah. it was like, you know, the 30th, 50th anniversary or whatever. Sure. Uh, the man who played Gaston. I think I've seen the uh, the clips running around TikTok. Gaston cannot be that hot. <laughs> Gaston, because I will agree with Gaston and that is not okay. Because right. like we talked about, like, I think Gaston is supposed to be like... A parody of a hot person. Right. He's right. He's, he's a goddamn like, drag act. He's, he's a what, drag king. He's he's a gym bro who thinks that women find gym bros attractive. Yes, he absolutely is. Right? He's the guy who's on TikTok going, 
Girls don't want your fat ass. They want my giant hard body. <laughs> my giant oh. hard 3% body fat body. You are so wrong, my like, friend. Boy, could you not be wronger? You are so wrong. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, Eric's just too boring. And but like no, no, that being he is uh he is uh you know a soup ladle of a personality. But um, that being said, the outfit he's wearing when we're first introduced to him on the boat with like the deep V neck. Yeah, I want that outfit. I'm saying trans mask. He's vibes. definitely got trans mask vibes. That okay, but is Little Mermaid a trans narrative? I think it might be because like her need to be a human is not yeah it's it's pathological it's because like and like in the end he's That's the like wrong word but you know what i mean yeah it's, it's deep-seated it's, it's very deep-seated and it's like at the end of the movie when she's like saved everybody and he's eric's all washed up on shore and she's like longingly looking at him like this is goodbye or whatever yeah. and triton's like you could stay and you would be miserable for the rest of your life which I'm like, I know that feeling. Yeah. That feeling, I I lived through that. I uh-huh. recognize that. That is not a cis feeling. Yeah, totally. That is not a cis feeling. And like, especially when it's like so, it's not just like, I want to be human for the cultural aspect of it. It's like my body doesn't feel right. Right. Yeah. I'd never read it that way before, but it totally is a perfect allegory. Yeah. It's because like, yeah, she's the way she's obsessed with the human world and like it gets her in trouble and people are constantly trying to correct her on it. Like all that stuff reads one to one for me. Yeah. That I'm like, oh, that's I know this experience. Yeah. And like watching it again from that perspective, I was like, oh, no wonder I liked this movie so much as a kid. Yeah. Like shit. This this shit hit deep. Oh, so it's funny how much like Disney as a company is like fairly and as a man like fairly conservative and you know sort of racist and misogynist and yet like we have all these like really interesting like queer and trans and like marginalized voice uh, voices and it's it's sort of incongruous i think that says more about our communities and how we look for ourselves in media and can like grab how we use what we have to tell our stories totally because we aren't given a voice because like no way was any of this done on purpose no sure right like but like this i even if it's not a, a expressly written as a trans experience this is still someone's lived experience. It is, yeah. Right? Like this this is a this must be a feeling that a cis person has had where they feel like they are meant to be a different type of person than their body will allow. Yeah. Certainly so I, I it's just interesting that that is such a that is a more I have, universal experience than I would have imagined. Is it a universal experience or are we just so oppressed that our stories get told because people don't know they're trans? That's sort of what I was thinking too, right? Is like how much of this, yeah, is a trans thing in a time before there was even 
like a language to talk about right. such a thing, much less like the ability to do the self-reflection. Because like I, I also watched the sequel um, that came out in 2000, which don't bother. It, sequels never live up, but there is some like good parenting bits in that. So I figured I'd watch it. And it's the opposite story where her daughter wants to become a mermaid because mm. she's trapped on land because Eric's on land and Ursula's sister is out to get her because sure whatever because revenge um and it's like kind of the same narrative of like my body doesn't feel right i belong in this space Mm -hmm. this area Mm -hmm. something's wrong with me Mm -hmm. which i mean also the something wrong with me is ariel's autistic um yeah so she's definitely neurodivergent and it kind of like doubled down with her child like when like Melody has a lot of the same traits, and I'm like one and the other. Just yeah, it's yeah, genetic. It's almost like it runs in families. Yeah, because like okay, I, I I have I have data to back up this point, and yeah. I didn't just like wasn't just like oh she reminds me of me, <laughs> which is sometimes <laughs> which uh, is data effective. enough, <laughs> but. Uh, terrible time management and time blindness. Yep. Like opening scene, she has no idea what she's supposed yeah, to be doing. Yeah, hundred percent, she has ADHD. Right. I'm up in the air on the autism, but she definitely has ADHD. What holistic person has a trove of collectibles? <laughs> you know, you make a good point. They're all laid out nicely on shelves and stuff for viewing. She has a line that says, I don't see the things the way he does. So talking about her father, mm-hmm. like very clearly, like I, this is not we how fundamentally I fundamentally view don't the world differently. differently. Uh, Hyper fixating on a relationship because dopamine. Yeah, totally. Uh, and like girl can't read a room for the life of her. Yeah, she does have trouble with the social cues, so that would be And it's that's not just a check. human mermaid thing. It's just an all-around thing. It's just a people. It's just a other people thing. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, I just... Uh, what were my po- I had points for her daughter, too. Oh, uh, no, I didn't have points for my daughter. She's just like, what's wrong with me? And I'm like, you're autistic. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, I... Ariel is such an interesting princess... Because she, you think, looking back at it, you think she's more active in her story uh-huh. than she actually is. She really isn't. She really isn't. And like. Because losing her voice really takes all of her like ability away to do anything. Losing her voice does her like constantly leaning on men and being controlled by men. Right. Like if it's not. Her father, it's following Eric around trying to get him to fall yeah. in love with her. But yeah, it's she's and plus she doesn't even get to kill the villain. Yeah, right. Eric gets to kill the villain for her. Yeah, that's which pretty disappointing. She just gets to sit on the bottom of a whirlpool. Yeah, which like it's a bummer, real bummer. Um, speaking of the villain, we got to talk, talk about, about Ursula. Ursula. Oh, icon, I... queer icon, Ursula. I I like that no matter what part of the LGBTQIA spectrum you are a part of, you can find something to love in Ursula. Right? Right? She's, <laughs> She's so for good. for everyone. Uh, because, like, obviously, as we know, like, Ursula is based on Divine, Vine, right. who we've talked about when we talked about... Uh, hairspray. Um, hairspray. Which, like... First off, her makeup is iconic. It's amazing. It's great. 
And like her fucking confidence is something that like I strive for. Like the whole I'm a beauty, even though I'm not conventionally attractive, like how comfortable she is in her body is Mm -hmm. incredible. Cause like at one point, like her, one of her first lines is like, I'm wasting away and starving, which means like, bitch, you want to be bigger, which fuck, we don't get that. Yeah. Like something like she's got back rolls and yeah. And she's just like, owns it dancing around and i was like wow i wish i was this proud of my back right also poor unfortunate souls is a goddamn bop it helps that she has one of the great all-time villain it's such a good villain song and it's and her singing voice is so good it's amazing i love the deep gravel and right as a woman with a deep voice like i love the representation for us right i love like uh, one of my favorite bits is when they're on the wedding ship and the necklace broke and uh, Ariel gets her voice back and you hear Ursula's real voice again and you're yeah. like, and I'm like, oh, that's right. I like your voice. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ar- I kind of find Ariel's a bit no- annoying, but yeah. Yeah. I, Ursula has been like such an icon and like it's such her, she's one of those villains that you can like actually sympathize with and isn't just villainous for the sake of being a villain right like she was kicked out of court and you know she has a story and she like wants power which like can't blame a bitch right Um, especially when she's been like actively denied power. like i don't blame you for trying to get what's yours and she's like crafty but like not in a way that you're like ooh i this seems slimy yeah it's more of a i'm smart and i'm gonna use it right to my advantage and like other than the you know like turning people into like little sandworms like she doesn't do anything that's like reprehensible like she makes you know bad deals and she stacks the deck but like so she's a con woman she's not a She's, you know, she's not committing genocide or anything. Ursula is a multi-level lean market self-help guru. Totally. Exactly. Which is like, it's slimy. It's gross. It's predatory. But it's not like illegal. No, it's the I can help fix you if you follow my system and yeah. give me everything I want. Right. And I'm going to like trick you into going to other people and just piling. Right. Yeah, it's slimy and it's evil, but it's not morally it's morally gray gray. it's not just evil right yeah but we get the disney purple back with the evil villain purple and we also get a little bit of the green especially in the last scene with her where she's all big and scary and Mm -hmm. like the water is purple and the sky is purple and it's oh it's so good and i mean she's got the iconic purple herself yeah but if we're talking about how amazing having a fat confident person is we gotta talk about how small ariel is oh my god and the body image the body issues that brought on so this brings this gets back to also the thing we i was talking about on the last episode about like the the giant dividing line between women we're supposed to find attractive and women we're supposed to find unattractive right like Ursula is maybe the fattest woman that Disney has ever depicted on screen. I'm pretty willing to say like, yeah, Wally maybe, but that's like a joke. Yeah. No, the I fat was... people in that movie are a joke. Yeah. I was gonna say, 
I think she is the biggest body we see in Disney's yeah. catalog. And which is terrifying. Ariel, who has like a fourteen-inch waist. Ariel, who can fit through the eye of an anchor. She literally swims through the eye of an anchor. That's crazy. That's insane. She doesn't have a collarbone. No. <laughs> like, she has a folding clavicle like a cat. She's tiny. And, like, we looked at this a little bit with the last round of princesses because, like, Cinderella's tiny. Sleeping yeah. Beauty's tiny. Right. Snow White is tiny Snow White is small, least, but... At least, like, a human shape. She is, like, yeah, at least human shaped. But, like, looking back at Sleeping Beauty, how tiny her waist is and, yeah. like, the, like... Again, you have the your goodness is based on how conveniently attractive, yeah, conventionally especially attractive how you thin are. you are, especially how thin you are, and like. But don't be too thin because then you look scary, like Cruella Deville. Right, exactly. <sighs> There's no winning. There is no winning, and like it's what this does to young girls, and what these messages start to sink in at such a young age is absolute bullshit. Yeah. And it like as someone who works with younger kids and who like works with school age kids, I already start seeing shit like this. Yeah. And like, you know, the I wish I was as pretty as a princess bullshit. Uh And like, first off, you're you're nine. You're not going to look like a princess because they're animated to be 21 and telling you they're 16. Right. Um, And also because like kids by the nature of like being children. They just have all this like extra yeah. baby fat just You're, like floating around. Yeah. Because they have to grow a ton like super fast. Yeah. Like, I, but like, it's, I remember having this like thought process and this like conviction that if I could just pull off being beautiful enough, if I could just. Mm-hmm be what I'm supposed to be Mm -hmm. then everything changes and everything is good and like that all of the faults in my life are because of what I look like right which again is also dysphoria talking but that's another level and also to a lesser extent like as neurodivergent people it's a matter of like if I just mask well enough exactly if I just hide who I really am well enough if I can right and which I think Ariel was like a weird thing to come across because it's like if I'm quiet enough if I'm you know if I look pretty and bat my eyes and don't say anything to like make Mm -hmm. him think something different right then he'll love me yeah yeah that's like not a healthy way to get attention it's not a healthy way to live your life and this another like we don't have to talk about this too long because we talk about it all the time but this is another one of those stories about like throwing away all of the connections that you have, even the like weird fucked up ones in exchange for a romantic relationship that you don't even really know anything about. You can't fall in love in three days. No, it doesn't work like it that. It does not. You can be, especially if you can't talk, right? You don't the, know each other. The like disgusting misogyny of, Thinking that a man could fall in love with a woman he's never spoken to is crazy. Horrifying. How could you ever fall in love with someone you'd never heard 
beat. She claims she loves him after seeing him on the boat. Like, bitch, you haven't talked to him. You don't know anything about him. Which, again, is why you are 16. You're 16 and you're horny. We get it. He's very attractive. He's very attractive. But he's stupid, so you should just let him go. Like, come on. You are... Don't give up an entire... She gives up an entire life. Yeah, for an entire world. world, an entire culture and her support network. Like she has sisters and a father and Sebastian and she never sees Flounder yeah. again. And right. she gives up all of her fucking hobbies because of some pretty blue eyes that she met when she was 16. And he's going to be a totally different person in 10 years. And she's going to hate him. Yeah. Give it five. <laughs> also, Eric is probably in his 20s yeah the age gap alone is creepy same age as her it's bad it's bad it is but like that's every movie like every single time it's always she even an adult man and a teenage girl she even it's absolutely disgusting and it also sets this like weird expectation because like she's like it's gonna hit me or like Eric at one point is like, it's going to hit me like lightning and I'll know. And I'm like, that's not how relationships work. No. You can't tell people that's how relationships no. work. Cause then they're going to be like, fall in love with the first, they'll think they're in love with the first person they think is pretty. Right. And it's like, no relationships take work. Yeah. They are a foundation you have to continue to build on. Yeah. You don't get to just go, Oh, isn't he pretty? I want to spend the rest of my life with him. Right. Cause, but also this feels like kind of like, this feels like sort of um, pro hoc rationalization for how a lot of older generations like did meet their significant others. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. It's like, no, no, it's not that we were just stupid, horny teens who didn't understand that you could have sex and not be married because we were brainwashed by the culture. No, no, it's that we were actually truly deeply in love after knowing each other for 48 hours. Yeah. And that's why we had to get married, right? Right. It's like, no, just understand that, like, teens are horny. And, like, sometimes lust and love feel very similar. Yeah, they do. They can really be, they're especially really, like, identical twin sisters. But, like, if you know them well, you can, you know, tell Especially them apart. Especially when you're 16. Especially when you're 16. Everything is big. And, like, attraction. Like, you don't have. Right. You don't have a scope scoped. for, like, And attraction. when you're fed stuff like this and this is what you're looking right. for, you're like. Because I remember feeling that and being like, oh, this I'm in love. I've got to be because this is what movies tell me. Right. Exactly. And But, like, no, you just like the dopamine they're giving you. Right. Like, calm the fuck down. Yeah. Which, like, it, yeah, the whole, you know, a person and will spend the rest of your life after three days bothers the fuck out of me. Yeah. Like. It's pretty ludicrous. It's absolutely ludicrous. I can't even, like, one, I don't think I could stand a new person for three days straight like that. No, absolutely not. Oh, my God. Did you know the chef, the French chef. Is Odo. Is Renee Abergenois. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, he's Odo. That's so amazing. My favorite goo human. <laughs> Gooman. Gooman. Okay, let's do a lightning round. I love the art for this movie. This movie is one of my favorite animation pieces. Mm-hmm. I 
got really mad when I watched the sequel and the animation was completely different because it was like that 2000s bright, yeah. like anime-esque kind of yeah. animation. It really bothered me. This still has like a lot of cool darkness in it. Yeah. Which, I mean, for like an ocean movie, it kind of has to. But like it's got a, the coloration is incredible and the like art style is one of my favorites. Yeah. They managed to make things colorful and kind of like washed out. Right. At the same time, which is really a tough dance to pull off. Being the youngest of seven sisters seems fucking terrible. Like, I always dreamed of having an older sister when I was a kid, but to have six of them seems terrible. So this movie came out in 89, right? Yeah. I've seen it roughly a hundred times. Uh-huh. It took me this viewing to realize that Triton has seven daughters for the seven, seven seas. What? You? Wow. I know. I love you so much. I know. I it's a you, good thing I'm pretty. Ah, uh, you're so pretty. <laughs> yeah, no, I it took me way too long and I feel like an idiot. But yeah, being the youngest of 7 sounds terrifying. Yeah, the youngest of 7 at all, like that's a lot. That's a lot. But 7 like to have yeah, 7 and have them all be girls is yeah. Any 7 of any gender, like if they're all the same gender. gender. Like it just feels like too much of the same energy swirling around and it would get really toxic really fast the cat fights yeah the fucking cat fights because also the youngest one is 16 some of those bitches are like right like if you figure two years for each kid right and and ariel is 16 like that makes her oldest sister like in her 30s yeah like, that's fucking annoying. Like, oh. you're a, a full adult and you have, like, a kid sister. That's real annoying. Yeah. Scuttle is such a good example of male audacity. Yeah. <laughs> His, like, ability to state things confidently and just know he's right is... Yeah, and have, while having literally no idea what he's talking about. It's so good. It's perfect. Okay. I know this is, like super like pointless and the, the the movie even shows it from time to time but not enough for me frankly ariel's hair would be so impractical under the ocean because your hair unlike hers in this movie would not nicely stay put down behind you it just goes all over the place because it's, it is neutrally buoyant so it just wants to float all around your face and neck. Also, when she comes up to the surface and it's still got volume and right. like isn't like, plastered to her head. Plastered down to your head. Uh, like, right. How do you keep? Yeah. Disney magic hair. I want Disney, Disney magic, magic hair. Magic hair. Yeah. Why is there no lighthouse by the rocks that they crash into? Right. Isn't that specifically what those are for? That's like. They're near enough shore that they should have one. Yeah. There should be a lighthouse there. I never thought of that before. It drove me crazy. Yeah. Because I like forgot what they crashed. Like I thought they just like crashed because lightning or something yeah. and like fire happened. But no, they run there into was rocks. No lighthouse. There was That's no lighthouse. That's bad planning on you. Like bad city planning. Uh, yeah. Scuttle listening to Eric's heartbeat through his foot is still one of my favorite bits. It's, it's just good. 
Yeah, not the most effective, but I guess it'll get the job done. I do appreciate that she can't walk right away. Yeah, right. She's like a like a baby elephant. She's like, like a baby giraffe. Legs. Yeah, just like and like she picks it up quickly, but like yeah, she's you, got no muscle you memory. Be bad at it, and especially if you were used to moving with you your know, hips, like your hips instead of like your knees and ankles. That would like, be weird. That would be weird. Yeah. Um, and having to learn to like support your own weight when you're oh, used to being like weightless. buoyant. Yeah, that's got to be weird. We should talk about how traumatizing talking about uh, Louis and uh, the kitchen. We should talk about how traumatizing that was for Sebastian. Jesus Christ. He's like, never the same. This dude has PTSD. He just saw his people getting eaten. Right. And then nearly avoided. Like he is a Jew who survived the Holocaust. Yeah. In this movie. It's so upsetting. It's so terrifying. And he's just fine afterward. Yeah, he's fine. Just goes back to work. No big deal. No time off or nothing. Just, no. We're fine. Just we're fine. I love the depiction of friendship in this movie and yeah. how ride and die, uh, ride or die Ariel's friends are. Yeah. Because like. They're, she's like I want to be a human They're like don't do it And they're, she's like too late And they're like fine. fine We will help you get this boy And like the whole kiss the girl scene Like come yeah. on how sweet is that Yeah they're working so hard working For a thing so they hard. didn't even want two days ago uh, And they're so They're both they're all like Okay if this is what you want we'll go after it yeah. Like you're crazy but we'll support you but We'll do what we gotta do to support you Yeah Oh, I, the last thing I wanted to say was, I mean, we kind of talked about how Triton is like way too intense about like who she dates. And obviously like her dating a, a human man is like a whole situation. Yeah. But I do think it, it, I didn't read it as a trans narrative the first time, but I did read it as a queer narrative the first time. Yeah, totally. Of like if dating a, a human man is like, you know, being queer. And, like, a lot of parents who haven't dealt with their kids' queerness will show it by just disliking their partner. Yeah. Because they can't be mad at their kid. Yeah. So they have to take it out on the partner and make it the partner's problem because... In truth, they see the partner as like the embodiment of the queerness. Yeah, they're the problem. They're the, what's making my kid queer. Right, exactly. And if this person wasn't around, I could stop thinking about how my kid is queer. Yeah, that I never thought of it that way, but it definitely is. Yeah. Ariel and Eric are T for T. Yeah, 100%. Yeah.